Hello and welcome to the Eternity Project podcast. My name is Matt Corrigan and I'll be your host along with my wife Esther. Eternity Project is a UK-based Catholic ministry sharing the teaching of John Paul II's Theology of the Body. We really believe that this teaching can change hearts, lives, families and even society as a whole. In this episode, we're talking about what John Paul calls knowledge and procreation. These are two words that he uses to describe sexual intimacy and the fruitfulness of that. And we'll be unpacking that more as we go. Enjoy. Um, we were going to say about downloads, we're about to hit 1,000 at the time of recording, we're on 999, so um, That's true. yeah, thank you for your support, thank you for listening, I hope it's blessing you, and hopefully we'll, we'll keep putting out more TOB content for you to enjoy. Mm, absolutely. So, hopefully you might remember that in our last episode following the Theology of the Body text, we were looking at uh, John Paul's idea of the gift of self or the dimension of the gift, as he calls it. And then that was obviously followed by our interview with Sister Mary Paul around her experiences of what it actually literally means to be able to make Mm. a gift of ourselves. Now, in the original text, John Paul follows that section on the gift of self with a section that he calls knowledge and procreation. Now, this is... um, it's quite a difficult part of the text to follow. We have yeah. just in preparing for this episode have to, had to read this section three or four times over mm. just to get our heads around yeah, what he's going. saying. And you you might remember if you heard our interview with Gemma Wildsmith a couple of months back, she talked really well about how um, how it's just a difficult text to read, and yeah. we we need to be kind to ourselves in um, in allowing us to to take it in and at our own pace and to find ways to to comprehend it it's not going to be obvious to us it's not an easy book to read by any stretch Mm. but really what this section around knowledge and procreation as john paul calls it boils down to is the idea of intimacy and fruitfulness so i I think those are possibly easier words to understand than knowledge and procreation what john paul is referring here to is specifically sexual intimacy So when man and woman come together and know each other completely, as we'll come on to explain, there is a fruit that comes from that. There is a fruitfulness from the relationship. And one of the the four pillars of marriage in the Catholic Church as well is that it's fruitful. It's open to that fruit. Whether or not that's physically possible for a couple, that fruitfulness is something that we desire and that we seek for our relationships. Yeah. And one of the key scriptures from genesis that john paul bases this section on um it's a very famous passage but it's um it's the one flesh text it's where it says uh, the man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and the two become one flesh mm. um, and this idea of the the one flesh union we can kind of equate it to to knowledge of the other it's a word or a way of explaining that john paul uses that he says Sex is this idea of of knowledge because there's no barriers between the mm. two people, and he, yeah, he he goes into that in quite a lot of detail, doesn't he, to uh, to explain yeah. how how knowledge is is used or, or to know is used to describe sex, mm. and we can see this in another place in the scriptures um, where we 
read the story of Mary. Mary is spoken to by the angel Gabriel and Gabriel tells her that she is to to bear Jesus, to bear the Son of God. And uh, she says, how is this possible? I've not known man. Mm. What she's linking there is the idea that she knows you know, you have to have sex to get pregnant. And and she recognises that that's not happened. She knows that that's not happened. Uh, and so, in a way, we see the fruitfulness of procreation comes from this complete knowledge. But Mary, amazingly, knows something greater. She knows God. And so, in that example we can see that Mary is an example of celibacy for the kingdom, which is a really important TOB topic, which we're going to come on to a little bit later. Um, but that's, I suppose, that's the way that John Paul uses, isn't it, to describe sex. He calls it knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one of the, the things that John Paul says here that I find really interesting is he says that that knowledge of woman in particular is internal. So, if we think about the physicality of sex, a woman's sexual organs are all internal versus a man's being external. I'm pretty sure uh, with the story of Adam and Eve, I think the Bible actually calls it as bluntly as Adam entered his wife. Wow. And that's <laughs> as much detail as it gives us. But yeah, that idea of a woman's, the knowledge that a man can, can find of a woman through sex is all held internally within her. And one thing that this speaks to me about is quite practically and quite clearly the idea that the relationships between man and woman are designed to work. So if we think about something we've mentioned before around uh, the sacramentality of the body or the way that the body physically or visibly Mm. reveals something that is invisible. And I think here, this design of the man and the woman's body speaks to us of how their emotional relationship should work as well. One of the things that we hear quite a lot within the church is the idea of of man pursuing woman. Um, And this is something that I was really uncomfortable with for a really long time. Mm. So if, you know, just to share a little bit about where that comes from, I, my background is (laughs) quite feisty i i think matt would probably agree with that i don't know what you mean by background Um, (laughs) still today very fiercely independent yeah um one of my first phrases was i do myself i wouldn't let anybody help me put my socks on as a baby even um and so you know from that came uh, i suppose perhaps an affiliation with the feminist um mindset with wanting to be independent with wanting to prove myself when i was at university um you know i i did a lot of sport and I would train against the men's teams and think, you know, just because I'm a woman, I'm not weaker than them. I can do just as well as them. Um, But when it comes to relationships, this is something that I really had to discover the hard way. So when Matt and I first began our relationship, we were living in Zion community, as we mentioned before, but we were on formation years, which meant that we'd taken a commitment not to enter a relationship within that time. So we or I knew the feelings that I was having but I wasn't able to know how Matt was feeling at this point um, and I'd I was thinking what I would do about that when the year ended and that commitment ended you know would would I go and confront him about it would I ask him out would I start the relationship in that way and what I came to realize was that regardless of how he was feeling I didn't know whether he felt the same or or completely not <laughs> either he didn't feel the same, in which case nothing would happen because he'd have nothing to tell me and 
I wasn't going to tell him anything because it would make it more awkward. Or he did feel the same way, in which case one of two things could happen. Either he would tell me himself how he felt, or he wouldn't tell me. He would feel that way, but not be brave enough to tell me how he felt. And as I was thinking about this, I realised, in fact, if he, if, the, if that last example happened, if he felt that way, but was not intentional or courageous enough to tell me about it, then I wouldn't respect that. I actually didn't want a relationship that was built on that. And so from that realisation, my acceptance had to be that in any eventuality, I wouldn't be the one to raise that. I would wait and see if he raised it. And that that was quite an uncomfortable realisation for me because I didn't like not being in control. I didn't like having to, to wait on somebody else. I wanted to make my life happen in whatever way it was going to happen. But there was something really, really fruitful in my own heart and in my own respect for myself, I think, about re- realising and recognising in that way that as a woman, I deserved the respect of him being willing to be upfront and take the risk as well mm. of maybe being rejected yeah. if I hadn't felt the same way, but of knowing himself and being sure enough in his own actions and intentions to make that first step and to pursue me. And I learned about a lot, well, I learned a lot about what it meant to be pursued through that relationship and through that stage in our relationship. And so for me, that's quite a, a practical application of what John Paul is talking about here, about you know the knowledge of women being internal. She needs to be sought after. Mm. She needs to be pursued. She needs the man to um, to show her respect and to show her that she is worth that effort that it takes mm. to be pursued. And I suppose from the male side of things as well, like I learned a lot, you know, um, it was good it, yeah it was scary like thinking you know when you you know just like putting putting yourself out there with someone who you yeah absolutely who you know you've you've built a, f- a great friendship with you know putting that friendship on the line to be honest with them to, to take that risk that was that was scary and I, I suppose also but you know you allowed me to to step up and as a man i really i wanted that opportunity mm-hmm. i wanted the, to be able to to have my that you know, the challenge lay before me and the opportunity to succeed to succeed and i think that's what men want yeah like they I think want this is so key for, for women what you're saying there as mm. well that we so often say where are all the good men and yeah yet, i know you're, you're... for myself i've done my fair share of emasculating men yeah. in the way i speak to them and like, the way that i address them fighting them off yeah. almost yeah not not being receptive mm-hmm. like man wants to 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 go after it and to 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 win yeah. like not, not in a selfish way but in a, in a, in a, in a positive to way to win the heart of yeah. the woman yeah yeah and that's a beautiful thing okay also in this section changing changing tack a little bit um john paul talks about parenthood uh, quite a lot in this section and and here he's moving away from the internal what we've kind of just been speaking about towards the external he's talking here Uh, about what it means to be a woman but also to be a mother and how the body expresses that and so in a different way we can see that externally the body the woman's body speaks of motherhood you think of breasts for breastfeeding um hips for carrying the child Mm -hmm. that expresses the 
importance of motherhood in a way. Yeah, I suppose that the purpose of motherhood is in our our physicality, mm. in, our, in our build, even. Yeah. So, given that um, that the purpose and the, the vocation of motherhood is so clearly in woman's body, um, it's really interesting then that when Eve is expecting her first child, she doesn't say, "I have created a child." She she uses this strange phrase. She says, I have acquired a man from the Lord, mm. which to me just sounds really Victorian, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I remember actually hearing this um, this passage. It was like a weekday mass years ago. And one of the one of the old ladies from our parish read it. And I just kind of like sat up and I was like, what on earth <laughs> did you just say? Lady? Like, yeah, did you just make that up? <laughs> but it, no, it's in the, it's it in the text. It's it there. Is. But, I mean, what she's getting at there is that she's first of all she's recognizing the same image of god in each new life so regardless of who the parents are still you know we our our children take our dna but they take their image from god the father every person regardless Mm. of their dna their physical makeup is made in the image and likeness of god no matter how much they might look like their parents they are as, as a unique unrepeatable individual made in the image of god yeah and she's also showing us her understanding eve's understanding this is that knowing each other in this way in the way that she has known adam is actually partaking in god's work so when knowledge becomes procreation when intimacy becomes fruitfulness it's not a case of the man and the woman um being intimate and then of their own will and of their own doing creating a child it's God blessing that union and God doing something physically within that union. Mm. And Eve's knowledge of herself and of Adam shows her the image of God so that she sort of better understands how he works in this way as well. You know, if, if she more fully understands what it is to be human through her relationship with Adam, mm. she more fully understands how to recognize the image of God in other human beings. Yeah, this is something that we've spoken about in, in a sense with each other before in that we've had quite a clear sense of being chosen to parent our children I remember when um tobias our, our toddler was was just a baby having this real revelation in prayer that he wasn't ours to keep he was he was our physical child but as another human being as another child of god he was actually kind of spiritually our, our brother and he was just lent to us by God to, to care for. And and another lady um, in our community, I remember being prayed for by her when Toby was a couple of months old, really. And I was really struggling with just how difficult life was at that point. Mm. And she said, you know, with my own children, we've had our ups and downs, but I really believe that we're the right people to parent them. Mm. And that phrase stuck with me that no matter what difficulties we were having, Toby is an absolute delight, but he's a big character and I am an introvert (laughs) and he (laughs) tires me out no end. Um, But I, you know, I have clung to that phrase of believing I am the right person. We are the right people Mm. to parent this other child of Mm. God. Um, And and this is the idea that, that Eve is really reinforcing here as well. She has acquired a child from the Lord. Yes, her and Adam's intimacy have led to that fruitfulness, have led to that procreation. But that individual child and who he was and who he would become was was God's work that mm. she was allowed and invited to partake in. And I think there's a there's there's spiritual authority in that as well, you know. Mm. I remember hearing it once, I think it was Jeff Cavins, um I was I was listening to a talk by him and he said something about how, you know, you could be the most amazing parent in the world. You know, you can have you've been to all the classes. <laughs> 
you've done all the reading, you've read all the all the parenting books, um, and you're an absolute pro, but you can't parent my children. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. God has given them to me. Yeah. And and you know, I have the spiritual authority to to lead them, to guide them, yeah. and to 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 you know, with the Lord to grow them. Yeah. Phew, did it. <laughs> that's a tough topic <laughs> that was tough that was good um though yeah as as you know um we like to finish with a bit of a question just to leave you with to, to ponder on for your own reflection and so the question we're going to give you this week is and th- this comes in three sections depending on who you are <laughs> but as a woman um how can you allow yourself to be pursued or uh, as a man how can you be more active in pursuit um, but equally, if you're a consecrated uh, single or religious brother or sister, um, how can you open yourself to allow the Lord to pursue you? Don't forget to head over to our website, eternityproject.co.uk, where you can sign up to receive updates on all of our new content, including podcasts, blog posts, and other spiritual reflections on theology of the body. Please also consider giving us a five-star review on whatever podcast app you use and sharing our work with your friends and family. Spread the word. We'll see you next time.